Hello everyone and welcome to the November 22nd edition of the WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with the Floyd Scarron Law Firm. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. At Biden's direction, the Occupational Safety Health Administration issued a rule earlier this month requiring U.S. employers with 100 or more workers to ensure their workers are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or undergoing weekly tests for the virus. The rule prompted a slate of legal challenges from at least 27 states, as well as businesses and religious groups who argue the mandate was unconstitutional. Federal officials argue that the mandate is necessary to end the COVID-19 pandemic and fully reopen the economy. A few days later, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals granted an emergency stay of this requirement. The federal government was ordered to respond to the motion over the next few days. Then, after reviewing the responses, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ordered OSHA to take no steps to implement or enforce the mandate until further court order. The decision was the latest development in what is expected to be a lengthy legal battle over the mandate's uh, legality. The judge said that the mandate is staggeringly overbroad, applying to two out of three private sector employees in America and workplaces as diverse as the country itself. The mandate fails to consider what is perhaps the most salient effect of all, the ongoing threat of COVID-19 is more dangerous to some employers than to others. The court went on to say that it's critical to note that the mandate takes no serious attempt to explain why OSHA and the president himself were against vaccine mandates before they were for one here. Second, Concerns over separation of powers principles cast doubt over the mandate's assertion of virtually unlimited power to control individual conduct under the guise of a workplace regulation. And our next story tells what happened next. Under federal law, when multiple lawsuits involving one or more common questions of fact are filed in separate courts, the petitions are consolidated and heard by one court chosen at random by lottery. The procedures often used to handle product liability and antitrust cases when thousands of lawsuits may be consolidated and heard by a single court. Within 10 days of OSHA's rule, 34 lawsuits were filed, covering all 12 regional circuit courts in the federal system, and giving each of those courts one entry into the randomly made choice. And the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals has won the lottery to hear legal challenges to the Biden administration's vaccine rule. A report by NPR claims that the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is known to lean conservative, with most of its judges appointed by Republican presidents. Six were appointed by President Donald Trump, and five were appointed by President George W. Bush, while a total of five were appointed by Democratic Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. It would now be up to the Sixth Circuit to decide whether to lift the stay issued by the Fifth Circuit. 
While a majority of lawsuits seek to overturn the OSHA rule, several labor unions went the other way. They sued, saying the rule does not go far enough to protect workers from COVID-19, pointing out that the rule does not apply to employers with fewer than 100 workers. The union lawsuits were mostly filed in courts that either have a majority of judges appointed by Democratic presidents or are evenly split. But the legal challenges are likely to end up in front of the Supreme Court, where a conservative majority seems ripe to limit the federal government's ability to police workplaces in emergencies so broadly. Some labor law attorneys think that some of the arguments made in the case could have serious implications on the constitutionality of other OSHA rules and regulations. Then, a week after 10 states sued the Biden administration over another vaccine mandate, this one for health care workers, Texas joined the fray by filing its own challenge in an Amarillo federal court. The 68-page Texas civil complaint takes aim at the CMS interim final rule named the Omnibus COVID-19 Healthcare Staff Vaccination Rule. The CMS vaccine mandate covers 15 categories of Medicare and Medicaid certified providers and suppliers. The pleadings claims that the new rule imposes an unprecedented federal vaccine mandate on nearly every full-time employee, part-time employee, student, intern, volunteer, and contractor working at a wide range of health facilities receiving Medicare or Medicaid funding. The health care facilities include rural health clinics, hospitals, long-term health care facilities, and home health agencies. Far reach of the mandate, CMS reported that Medicare's participating hospitals include nearly all hospitals in the United States. And the pleading says that the CMS vaccine mandate threatens millions of healthcare workers with termination if they choose not to be vaccinated. Critically, Texas alleges that the CMS vaccine mandate also threatens to exacerbate an alarming shortage of healthcare workers, particularly in its rural communities. According to the lawsuit, the circumstances in Texas foreshadow an impending disaster in the healthcare industry. The allegation of a healthcare worker crisis is backed up by citations to numerous state and federal studies, many of which predate the pandemic. They cite as evidence an article published by the Associated Press reporting that when Houston Methodist imposed a vaccine mandate, more than 150 employees resigned or were fired. The complaint goes on to argue a legal basis for relief. And as a result, Texas asked that the court should thus set aside the CMS vaccine mandate as unlawful agency action and an unconstitutional act by the federal government. A class action lawsuit filed by 25,000 Disneyland cast members in Orange County has been dismissed by an Orange County Superior Court judge 
who ruled that the California theme park will not be required to raise its minimum wage in compliance with a measure passed by Anaheim voters in 2018. The lawsuit filed in 2019 accused Disney of failing to comply with the City of Anaheim Measure L, which requires any private businesses who receive city subsidies, subsidies to increase their minimum wage to $18 per hour by 2022. The suit claims that Disney took a city subsidy when it allowed the city of Anaheim to take out a $550 million municipal bond to finance the construction of the Mickey and Friends parking garage. Disney operates and keeps all of the revenue associated with the garage, and they will own it once the municipal bond is repaid. While acknowledging that Disney receives a significant benefit from the city, the judge ruled that there is no evidence that the finance agreement somehow lessens Disney's tax obligation and does not technically create a city subsidy. Had the Disney defendants raised construction funds privately, they would have had to make both tax payments and debt service payments. The attorney representing Disneyland cast told Variety that the employees would appeal the judge's decision. The ruling comes as negotiations between Disneyland and Teamsters Local 495, which is the union that represents Disney's attractions cast members, fell apart in late October. Attractions cast members, who were currently paid $15.50 per hour, are fighting for an increase to $17 per hour. And now our crime reports. Three members of a San Fernando Valley family have been sentenced, two of them in absentia after they fled following their convictions at trial for scheming to fraudulently obtain more than $20 million in COVID-19 relief funds. 43-year-old Richard Avazian was ordered to serve 17 years in jail. His 37-year-old wife, Marietta Tarabellian, was sentenced to six years. And his brother, 41-year-old Artur Avazian, age 41, was ordered to serve five years in federal prison. The judge said he could not recall a fraud case conducted in such a callous, intentional way without any regard for the law. The judge further described Richard Avazian as an endemic, cold-hearted fraudster with no regard for the law and someone who views fraud as an achievement. The FBI is offering a reward of up to $20,000 for information leading to the arrest of his brother, Richard Avazian, and his wife, Marietta Tarabellian, who allegedly cut their tracking bracelets last August and went on the run while awaiting sentencing in this case. The judge went ahead and sentenced them in absentia, and they remain fugitives from justice, and previously the judge sentenced four other defendants in the same case. The defendants were convicted after an eight-day trial for using dozens of fake, stolen or synthetic identities and fake payroll and tax documents when submitting fraudulent applications for about 150 
COVID federal relief loans. The defendants then used the fraudulently obtained funds as down payments on luxury homes in Tarzana, Glendale, and Palm Desert. They also used the funds to buy gold coins, diamonds, jewelry, luxury watches, fine important ported furnishings, designer handbags, clothing, and a Harley Davidson motorcycle. The conspirators sought to fraudulently obtain more than $20 million in total on COVID-19 relief funds. And in another case, after pleading guilty, a Santa Clarita Valley man <clears throat> was sentenced to 15 months, 51 months in federal prison for screaming to fraudulently obtained about $1.8 million in COVID-19 relief funds. This one was 30-year-old Hassan Kenyaik, who also was ordered by the judge to pay a $20,000 fine and nearly $1,303,000 in restitution to the Small Business Administration and four victim lenders. The applications for the government COVID relief loans sought funds to purportedly pay the salaries of employees whom he claimed worked for two of his businesses. He successfully obtained, obtained about $1 million through four PPP loans and another $300,000 through two EIDL loans. In support of the loans, he submitted fake federal tax filings and fake payroll reports for a used car business known as the Van Nuys-based Falcon Motors. For example, in one loan application, Kanyaik falsely claimed the businesses had 26 employees and an average monthly payroll of $168,000. And he submitted a fabricated IRS tax form claiming Falcon Motors had paid nearly $2,023,000 to employees in 2019. In reality, Falcon Motors had no employees on the payroll. Kenyak further admitted that he obtained additional employer identification numbers from the IRS so he could apply for multiple loans for the same used car business. At the time of his arrest in December 2020, he had transferred about $762,000 to Uganda, his country of citizenship, and violation of the terms of the program. 38-year-old Douglas Satri, who lives in Santa Rosa, pleaded guilty to insurance fraud and paid more than $14,000 in restitution and additional fines to the California Department of Insurance. Satri was sentenced to a year of probation, 30 days in jail, and was required to perform 40 hours of community service as well as complete a theft awareness class. Satri allegedly slipped and fell in a bathroom while working for a telecom company in San Rafael. He then filed a workers' compensation insurance claim and began receiving temporary total disability payments as well as treatment through multiple medical professionals across Napa and Marin counties. Charges were filed against him after an investigation revealed that he was collecting disability payments while also working for a new company, despite telling medical professionals he was unable to work 
due to the severity of his injuries, and he even used a cane at his appointments to convince them. In total, Satri collected disability benefits and a paycheck from his new employer for more than six months. And in regulatory news, as mandates continue to come down from the state, local governments are taking a stand by passing resolutions to avoid COVID-related mandates. Six of the seven City of Oroville council members voted to make Oroville a constitutional republic city. Vice Mayor Scott Thompson, who requested the resolution, said that this was done to protect the city citizens' rights as much as the city can on the local level. He added that Gavin Newsom modeled this type of declaration when he declared San Francisco a sanctuary city for what he believed to be overreached by the federal government against his citizens. This resolution is intended to allow the city to opt out of enforcing any executive orders issued by the state of California or by the United States federal government that are overreaching or clearly violate constitutionally protected rights. And in neighboring Nevada, Lyon County became the latest rural county to declare an economic emergency, and they declined to enforce the governor's COVID-19 directives on the basis that they hurt business. The county of about 58,000 people joins the rural resistance along with White Pine, Elko, and Eureka counties, which are less populous. The Lyon County Commissioner Ken Gray, who spearheaded the effort, said that it's very important the rural counties of our great state be united with one message going forward. And not far away in Oklahoma, one of his first acts as the head of the Oklahoma National Guard, this was new Adjutant General Thomas Messino, he ordered that no members of the Oklahoma National Guard be required to take a COVID-19 vaccine. And at the same time, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed sweeping restrictions on COVID-19 safety measures into law late Friday, following a whirlwind three-day special legislative session at the tail end of last month. Some of the restrictions under the new legislation include prohibiting businesses that do not receive federal funds from requiring employees to receive a COVID-19 vaccine or request proof of it. The restrictions which affect the authority of schools, health officials, and private businesses have been met with pushback from leaders in those communities and are expected to be met with legal challenges. And in medical news, according to preliminary data released by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a record number of Americans died of drug overdoses in the 12-month period ending April 2021. The more than 100,000 overdose deaths is nearly 30% higher than the 78,000 counted a year before. And much of the blame landed on the availability and potency of synthetic opioids, such as fentanyl, which is up to 50 times more potent than heroin. 
Since the CDC has reported more than 60% of the overdose deaths last year involved these synthetic, synthetic opioids. And locally, the provisional drug overdose death count for Los Angeles County was 2,132 people. The director of the National Institute on Drug Abuse said these numbers, these uh, are the numbers that have never been seen before and that most of the fatalities were among those aged 25 to 55 and that this is now a major challenge to our society. Responding to the staggering figure, the Biden administration said that it would expand access to medications such as naloxone, which can reverse an opioid overdose. But the president failed to mention China in his statement, the nation responsible for the immense amount of fentanyl killing Americans every day. Former President Trump frequently criticized China's China's high level of exports of fentanyl or the substances used to make it, which are smuggled into the United States through Mexico. Under pressure from President Trump, China President Xi promised to make trading fentanyl a criminal act, punishable to the highest level, the death penalty. However, he failed to follow through on that promise. So far in 2021, the Drug Enforcement Administration has seized enough fentanyl to kill every member of the United States population. And in other industry news, a patent has been issued for what a company calls a first-of-its-kind data analytics technology used to detect falsified or exaggerated injury in workers' compensation claims. The founder and CEO of the company, AVASCI, Avasi, the company responsible for the patented new technology, said this patent marks potentially a new era for the massive waste and fraud that has beset injury claims for years. And he added, added that prior to the Avascript Avasi patent, there was no simple court-accepted test for false or exaggerated claims. The company said they implemented their technology in Mammoth County, New Jersey. They say the technology helped the county greatly decrease the volume of claims filed as well as its losses. The injury evaluation tool combines biomechanical data from motion capture technology with a movement algorithm aimed to make injury detection a data-driven decision versus subjective judgment. Utilizing the same technology as used in films and video games to produce digital models and characters, the device captures 100 frames of data per second. The points of inflection are measured and inputted into a computer application, which then conducts a statistical analysis of the sub-millimeter level to detect whether a person's movement is a genuine injury versus a feigned one. The company claims that the technology deters false or exaggerated disability claims when claimants are aware of its use. Three years ago, Mammoth County implemented employee injury screens using this technology. The partnership later expanded to include pre-employment screens, allowing the data to help better manage claims 
and defend it in court when needed. Mammoth County Benefits Coordinator said that the technology is unlike any other technology out there and has the potential to completely change workers' compensation. So that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and our special reports. And you can use your iPhone, your iPad, or your Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. And we also publish our daily news, our podcast, and other utilities on our free WorkCompApps.com smartphone app. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd Scarin, Manukian Langevin. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for more news.